Thanks for joining us today at City Life. We believe today's message will empower you and point you towards Jesus. But remember that church is so much more than a message you listen to. It's a living, breathing community that we invite you to be a part of. We hope to see you on a Sunday morning at City Life, in person or online. Do you hear what I hear? It's our new series, God is Closer Than You Think. God is closer than you think. And I have a question to start today. Have you ever gone on a sound hunt? Online church, have you ever gone on a sound hunt? What is a sound hunt? You might be asking. Well, it's where you hear one of those stupid little noises that drives you nuts. Has anybody ever experienced this? Church Online, if you've experienced it, thumbs up or something. It's, you know, I, once I, there was this, for several weeks, I would hear this really annoying, super high-pitched, and it's just like, where the flip is this coming from? It's like, I looked all over the house, and it's just like, you know, and, and it was so loud, and so, I actually thought it was my ears. I'm like, oh man, and I was like, like, it's just like, is something wrong? You know when you get your ears are ringing, you try to poke and stuff? I don't know why you think that would stop the ringing, but, but it is, it's just like anything. And then I'm like, and you know, it was one morning, because my, my, my Jesus, my God time is early in the morning, so not before anybody else, and this is when it was so pronounced. And so I'm like, man, maybe Mike left his, the PlayStation on in the basement. So I go down in the basement, and I'm like, Nope, PlayStation is off. And then I'm thinking, well, I haven't heard the sump pump, you know, and it goes, it makes weird noises after a while. It's like, I haven't heard that for a while. So I went downstairs. I thought maybe the battery warning was going on it. And it wasn't that. And it wasn't our house alarm system. And one morning it was driving me nuts. I'm like, I started going around. It was an early on a Sunday morning. And I started running around the house like a crazy woman, like cranking my ears. You know, where is it? Where is it? And you're like, and I'm like, I get close. I'm like, oh, I think I hear it in my cupboard. And I'm like, what the heck is ringing, ringing in my cupboard? And I open it up. And here, it was my crystal water glasses that had gotten so close to each other. The cupboard is right next to the refrigerator. And the vibrations from the fridge were making the crystal sing. <laughs> So, note to self, if you ever have a high-pitched ringing noise, check your, check your glasses. Like, who knows? It was just, it was the most irritating sound. And you might be wondering, well, what does that have to do with life? And what does it have to do with me? Well, here's the thing. There is a still, small voice speaking to your spirit, wanting to get your attention. It's not an audible voice, but it's God's voice speaking to your spirit. And it might be very faint, but your spirit, the eternal part of you, is actually on the same frequency of the voice of God. You're just not aware of it. You just might not be listening for it. You might not, you might recognize it actually as an irritation. And sometimes when God speaks, if we don't recognize it's him, it sounds like an irritation. 
Because sometimes the sound of eternal life to uninitiated or untrained ears is an irritation. We think it's a whole bunch of other things. We think it's our spouse or our children or our teacher or our boss or maybe some other issue that's clamoring for our attention or needing to be resolved. But really, often it's the voice of God that's speaking. And because we don't recognize it, it's kind of like, it's kind of irritating. And the reason it's irritating is because our ears, our spiritual ears, and our ability to be able to hear God speaking to our heart, that part of us, that internal part of us, our soul, or whatever you want to call it, it's been more trained and more familiar to the sound of our opinions and our personal preferences and our beliefs and our ideologies. And so what's Actually, the voice of God, it just, it's kind of, it's irritating. It's kind of like, how many of you have ever traveled to a foreign country where the language was not a language you knew how to speak? If you've ever done that, when you go over, my brother, he lives in Greece, and so I've gone over there a few times to see him, and it's great, it's exciting to be in new cultures, but after a while, has anybody else experienced this? And you know, when you're in, you're submerged in a culture where the language isn't your initial, like it's not your language, it can be exhausting, and sometimes it's irritating. Depending on what that language is, sometimes it's like, oh, it drives me nuts. I just want to hear English. And it's like you come back home, it's just like, oh, like your brain gets arrested. You hear, you hear your native language again. I know sometimes that's the way it is with God's voice. Our native language is the world that we live in to a degree. And all of the different things that we're bombarded with and we're surrounded in, which can make God's voice seem is so different, it can feel irritating in our soul. But yet, I love what... The psalmist in Psalm 81.5 in the message version, it said, he said, I hear this most gentle whisper from the one I never guessed would speak to me. Isn't that cool? I hear this most gentle whisper from one I never guessed would speak to me. You know, maybe you felt like that. Maybe it's just like God speak to me. Well, I don't, never thought about that. Or it's just he wouldn't speak to me. But I want to encourage you with this. God is speaking to you. Church Online, God is speaking to you. He is continually speaking to your soul. He's continually speaking to your spirit, that internal part of you. And he's not speaking to condemn you. He is not speaking to point out everything that's wrong and this is wrong and that's wrong. And you know what? I grew up in, I grew up in church, but I was exposed and I was more aware of religion than I was aware of the life and the reality of God's love and who Jesus really was. And that was no fault of my family. That was no fault of the church I was in. It was just, it was, it was my brokenness inside. And it was my messed up stuff inside that I was more tuned into religion. And so I had this idea that God speaking to me was his first priority was to point out all my sin. Everything I've done wrong. And you know what? That is not God's first priority. God speaking to you isn't to call you out, to shame you, to make you feel guilty, or to bring condemnation. God speaking to you, his voice is speaking to you because he wants you, he wants us to know our desperation and how much we need him, but he wants you to know his love. 
And see, before God starts pointing out the stuff that's wrong with us, he only does that in the context of his love for you. So he wants you to hear and to know how much he loves you. He wants to speak words that will encourage you, to bring you life, to strengthen you, to give you hope. That is God's priority in speaking to us. And so this series is going to be about helping you learn how to hear God. How to recognize the voice of God. How to grow in hearing God's voice more clearly. And, you know, maybe you've actually felt like something's wrong with you because you don't hear God. And all your other friends and other people you're around or family, they make it sound so easy and like it should be just common. And you're like, God never speaks to me. What's wrong with me? (laughs) Or maybe it feels like God's gone silent. Maybe there was a time period in your life where you felt like you had this close thing with God where you felt very connected and you could hear him speak to you regularly. Again, when I'm talking about God speaking, I'm not talking about an audible voice. I'm talking about him speaking into our spirit where you know that you know there's that that sound of, of life and that sound of hope. But maybe that it's been a long time and it's it feels more like God's gone hollow, or your voice has gone hollow, you don't hear anymore. And I'd like to look at a few myths that if you're having a hard time hearing the voice of God or kind of written it off or, oh, that's only for certain people, I'm going to look at some myths that sometimes we can end up believing about what it is or what it means to hear God's voice. So are you ready to dismantle some myths this morning? Yes? All right. Here's the first one. Myth number one, it's too hard. It's too hard. We have this funny idea that if we were more spiritual, conversation with God would be a lot easier. Anybody believe that? Online, if you believe it, give us a thumbs up or, you know, whatever. Praise, shout out emoji, whatever that is. Whatever's on there. We need to come up with something more than thumbs up. Fist bump, something like that. There you go. We think if we were more spiritual, it would be easier to have a conversation with God. Anybody have to, anybody believe that one? Yeah. Well, here's the thing. The disciples who had Jesus face-to-face, regular conversation with God in the flesh, Jesus was frequently really explaining things very clearly, and they still missed a lot of what he was saying. <laughs> Isn't that true? So it makes you, you can feel so much better that the guys who had, like, FaceTime with physical Jesus, they didn't even get it all the time. And I think, I think too often it's so hard because we're waiting for God to make it easier for us when actually God is wanting us to grow and change. It's kind of like right now our grandson who is 14 months, yes, he's 14 months, he's starting to use words and starting to talk and starting to communicate. And it's actually quite fun. I wish I could have had him up here to communicate, but it would have been very distracting because he's ridiculously cute. But it's, the, you know, the whole goal of teaching our 14-month-old grandson how to, how to have conversation, the goal, now we can understand toddler. There's a few words where it, it sounds like, first I thought he was choking, and he was talking about the cars outside, and he was, you know, and I was like, okay, there's a car, it's going, you know, and, and so we got a whole bunch of fun words, and we can understand toddler, but the goal of conversation isn't for us to learn toddler. The goal of conversation 
is that toddler learns adult speak. <laughs> True? That's the goal of conversation. And, you know, and I think that's one of the main ways that God wants us to grow. He wants us to grow and to mature, to be able to recognize and understand and hear his voice. And, you know, one of the primary ways that we need to grow is knowing in who we are or knowing who we are as sons and daughters of God. We need to grow in knowing we are God's beloved children. God is not mad at you. God doesn't want to heavy on you. You are God's beloved son and daughter. Whether you care about him, think about him, want anything to do with him or not, that does not change the fact that you are his child. You are his beloved child. And you know what? When, when we really get a hold of this idea, this, 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 rea this reality, it's not just an idea, it's a reality. When we get a, a hold of this reality that we are God's beloved son and daughter, the fear of God not speaking to us or not wanting to talk to us, that's just thrown out the window. There's nothing to bank it on anymore. How do we find, how do we grow in knowing who we are? It's God's children. Well, God gave us the book right here, his word. And this word is filled, his, the word of God, scripture, yes, it's filled with a lot of confusing things, but there are a lot of powerful promises in here. And don't get hung up on what you don't know and can't easily explain and miss the simple, powerful truths that God is speaking to you to reassure you of his love for you, to reassure you that you are chosen, that you are his, that he is with you and that he is for you. And so you will never know who you were meant to be. A part. You can't know it outside of getting this book in you, whether reading it or listening to it audibly, which we are so blessed. You know, I, can't, I, I bet the disciples would be really jealous of us today with all the technology we have. You know, some of them that had a harder time listening face-to-face, -face, you know, having it in their ears, all, having, listening to God's word all the time. Audible's bo audible book, man, they would have loved that. But you know another sign of a child maturing is when they discover conversation where they don't do all the talking. <laughs> Have you ever had a conversation with someone where it's not a conversation, it's just like a dispelling of information? <laughs> but you know, that's a sign of maturity when a child, when they start asking questions and they start listening. And you know, it's the same way with God. I think sometimes it's hard for us to hear God speaking to us because we're doing all the talking. Or maybe the noise level of our life is like full volume. And maybe it's a season where it's just you're surrounded by a lot of, a lot of little people noise or just noise from just things at work or just things going on in your life or just even just the noise of our, our world right now that is in upheaval and chaos and change and nobody knows which way is up and we have this 24-7 intimate relationship with technology where we're rarely disconnected from it. All of that creates noise and it makes it hard to hear God. And so I love in Psalm 62, 1 and 2, the psalmist, he said, My soul quietly waits for the true God alone. My salvation comes from him. He alone is my rock and my deliverance, my citadel on a high hill. I will not be shaken. My soul quietly waits for God. He alone is my rock. Think about this. 
trees have leaves and branches, and when the wind comes, they rustle and they make noise. And the sea, the waves, they crash and make noise. But you know what, rocks? They're silent. And you know, I think that's such a cool picture. We're waiting for the rock. It's not that God is silent. It's that we need to quiet ourselves in the shelter of that rock. We need that silence. And that's one of the ways that we can grow is taking that quiet time and silence. Don't start with long drive. Try five minutes. And if you need to lock yourself in the bathroom for five minutes, do it. You will not be a bad parent. I guarantee it. But we need to learn and be quiet and listen. Here's the second myth. Number two, I hear God for me. You hear God for you. So it's all right. You can hear God. God's saying this to me, but you know, you can hear God for yourself. Now, that's sort of true. God does speak to us personally. But it's also a myth. Because the problem with, I will hear God for myself, and you, you can't tell me what God's saying to me. The problem with that is, we all have our own personal brand of distraction. Isn't it true? What's a distraction for me is not necessarily a distraction for you. And the enemy, we have a very real enemy who's very good at coordinating and setting up all sorts of distractions, real and external around us, but also internal distractions, so that we don't hear God. And it's kind of like, this. how many of you remember when you were single, and maybe you still are single, where you, single person, went to visit your friend that had children? Lots of little children running around. And you're trying to have a conversation. And it's like, ah, ah, mommy, mommy, ah, and the, you know, it's like chaos and noise. And you're trying to have a conversation with your friend, and you can hardly keep like get one, like make a comment, like a full sentence, and your friend's like oblivious. They're just like, like, you know, they're like chatting away, and you're just like, I can't hear anything. Why? Well, it's because. Having three under three isn't a distraction for the person who's learned how to tune themselves in into other voices and tune out the kids. But when you're not around it, that is a distraction. Now apply that to our soul. There are times where we need each other to help us hear through the distractions and help us hear how God might be speaking to us. And what does that look like on a practical level? Well, it means maybe going to friends and just saying, just life is really loud right now. I am so confused. I don't know you. I just need you to tell me something that's true. Or God, it's like I'm having a hard time. I'm thinking this might be God speaking to me. I don't know. And sometimes all it takes is I'm saying, and there's that inner witness because the life of God's spirit in you and the life of God's spirit in them, they connect. They're not going to say the different thing. And so we need each other to help each other to hear the voice of God. I love what Nathan Finocchio, and if you want a good book on hearing God, it's, it's actually called Hearing God by Nathan Finocchio. But I love this. He said, one of the greatest threats to the enemy's tactic of distraction noise is simply patience and stopping. And then he says, hell hates someone brave enough to quiet down when life gets noisy. 
Isn't that powerful? Hell hates someone brave enough to quiet down when life gets noisy. And again, David in Psalm 40, he said, I waited patiently and expectantly for the Lord, and he inclined to me, and he heard my cry. And you know, waiting on God can get frustrated. It's like, how do you wait? What does waiting mean? Do it mean just sit at home all day and do nothing? And what does that actually mean? Waiting on God, it, it, it might mean that, but it also means being present in settings like this where God is present, where the Spirit of God is present. And there is a dynamic in the corporate gathering of God's church, the ecclesia. There is a dynamic of God's Spirit and God's presence that is here that you cannot experience on your own. And there's something about being in the places where God is, where his presence is. Now, that doesn't mean he's not with us in our alone time and by ourselves. He is. But there is a different dynamic when you have hundreds of people or thousands of people in a room where their faith and their expectation is, God, I'm here to worship you. And that faith is being released into the atmosphere. And it takes faith to hear the voice of God. And so waiting on God is about being in the places where God is, about positioning ourselves, where the spaces and places where God can be found. It's, it's waiting is allowing space for God to speak. And this kind of goes into another one. Number, another myth. That can't be God. It's not spiritual. It can't be, that can't be God. It's not spiritual enough. What does God speak to us about? Have you ever thought about that, church online? What does God speak to us about? Church in the room, what does God speak to us about? You know, from personal, I know from personal experience, there have been times where I've missed God speaking, because I have been trained by a world and by a culture that likes big, wow, booming, whoa, revelation. <laughs> We're listening for some big, wow, whoa, I've never heard that before, you know, or, or a weird sign or that spiritual convergence like a bird landing on the hood of your car just as the clouds are breaking open and the sun is beaming down and then there's this incredible urge to find the nearest bakery and when you get there the same bird is on the pavement right outside the door and it's a sign that I need to go in God is speaking to me about going into the bakery and there's a donut sale it is a sign God has spoken can I hear an amen? Woohoo! It might not be that extreme, but sometimes it's that stupid. <laughs> oh, that can't be God, it's not spiritual enough. I want to tell you a story about a guy in the Bible that was having trouble hearing God. And if you can imagine, you got to use your imagination a little bit. Q the most epic showdown of supernatural proportions where our hero just faced off 
against 850 evil prophets. They were actually dark lords serving an evil queen who was leading an entire nation into worship of two of the most evil, vile deities. And our hero, through his faith, through his prayers, and through the power of God, there was this showdown, and his prayers released these fireballs from heaven where nearly everything was consumed. The evil dark lords were completely annihilated. And not only that, to wrap it all up, the land had been in drought for three years and all of a sudden, there was this mighty downpour. It was like the thunderstorm of all thunderstorms comes crashing and crashing. And, 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 our, and our hero, he's a man, but he all of a sudden gets superhero strength. He starts running and runs 17 to 30 miles and outruns a chariot. Now, we think he'd be on top of the world, true? Now, he is alone in the wilderness, depressed, wanting to die. And God shows up. And I want to read the, the encounter that our hero, the prophet Elijah, had from 1 Kings 19 to 11, 19, 11 to 13. It says, a hurricane wind ripped through the mountains and shattered the rocks before God, but God wasn't to be found in the wind. After the wind, an earthquake, but God wasn't in the earthquake. After the earthquake, a fire, but God wasn't in the fire. And after the fire, a gentle and quiet whisper. When Elijah heard the quiet voice, he muffled his face with his great cloak, went to the mouth of the cave and stood there. And a quiet voice asked, so Elijah, tell me, what are you doing here? It was God's voice speaking to Elijah. And I love that story because I think it's such a powerful reminder that those times when I feel like I'm not hearing God speak to me, or I'm having a hard time hearing God speak to me that maybe, just maybe, Am I looking for the earth-shaking, earth-shattering fire? Whoa! When really I should be listening to how God's trying to get my attention through the gentle, quiet whisper. See, why does God whisper? When do you whisper to someone? When you're close. Do you know why God whispers? He whispers. Not because he's far away. He whispers because he's closer than what you think. He is close to you in your circumstance. He is close to you in that negative diagnosis. He is close to you when you're feeling anxious and fearful. He is close to you when you're looking at the threat of losing your job or looking at the threat of a relationship breaking up or looking at the threat of, oh my gosh, where is the finances going to come here? Whatever it is that's looming loud and large. 
You know, here's what we need to be aware of. Aware of. You know, when, when things are looming so loud and large, we got to make sure that we take, and we, we take that posture of the psalmist. I quieted myself and I waited on God. But God is closer than you think. See, God's power was displayed in the earthquake and the hurricane wind and the fire. And that was very powerful. And God's power was displayed in that. But you know where his presence was? His presence was in. It said God wasn't in the hurricane. He wasn't in the earthquake. He wasn't in the fire. He was in the still small voice. And I think that's really God's heart, what he wants us to know. Yes, he speaks to us. But more, or maybe firstly, God wants you to know he's with you. God wants you to know his presence is with you. And you know, after you've encountered those, you know, what feels like earth shaking and shattering and the fires of life just are so intense, don't be quick to shut off or to check out or to just close down or to go into busy mode trying to fix it all because you might miss the quiet, still voice where God is speaking hope into your heart, where God is speaking peace into your soul, where he is speaking courage, where he's speaking wisdom, where he's speaking life. And so here's one action step I want to invite you to try. You know, someone... Someone told me that God spoke all of creation, the written account of Genesis. I don't know, was it the original language or other translation? I don't know. But they said God spoke the entire creation into being in 250 words. Now imagine what he might create or recreate in you if every day Instead of hearing this great big revelation, lead me to the donuts word from God. <laughs> what if you just took the time to quiet yourself and one word from God? God, I just want one word from you. One word. And you know what? Sometimes you'll be surprised. When God said one word, he might say peace. He might say it might be trust. But can you imagine if God created our world in 250 words, what he could create or recreate in you and I, one word every day for a whole year. I want to invite you to stand. Church online, I want to invite you to maybe close your eyes in church in the room. Can we just close our eyes as well? And, you know, a posture of receiving. I really believe God really wants to just release faith today for, for us to be able to quiet ourselves in those crazy moments, but also to believe that God is speaking to us. Could we hear, church? Could you hear? Could we hear him? You know, a sign of receptivity is hands raised. It's hands raised like this, or hands just open. And, you know, and really what this is, hands up, it's a universal sign of surrender. It's also the universal sign of, I give up. Not give up the faith. Not give up on God. But I give up my way. I give up my opinions. I give up my ideals and ideology. I give up what I want, and God, I want to hear you. Can we just say that, church online? I want to invite you to pray as well. God, I want to hear your voice. Can you pray that with me, church, in the room as well? God, I want to hear you. 
God, open up our ears to hear you. Can we pray this together to just say, God, open up my ears, the ears of my heart, the ears of my spirit to tune into your voice. Thank you that you are speaking. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And one more prayer that we're going to pray together because one of the greatest things that God is speaking to you, and I know this without a doubt, church watching online or if you're watching later during the week, or but church in the room as well, the greatest thing that God is speaking, if you are not a follower of Jesus, you know what he's saying to you right now? He's saying, come, will you follow me? Will you follow Jesus? Will you surrender your life and say yes to the amazing story that God has already written and wants to bring you into? And so let's pray a prayer of saying yes to following Jesus. Can we say this together? Say, Jesus, thank you for everything that you have done on the cross for my behalf. Thank you for rising from the dead so that I could have a new life. And my life can be written into your story. I say yes to following you, and I thank you for a new start today. Amen. We hope today's message encouraged you. If you want to take your next step in saying yes to Jesus, you can always contact us at cty.lc slash next step or fill out the next step section on the City Life app. It's an honor to play a small part in what God is doing in your life. We look forward to connecting with you soon.